Jesus' name, amen. Celebrate God in this place. Celebrate God in this place. It is truly a, a pleasure to be able to come to be with you this morning to celebrate your pastor. Amen. Give him a great hand. He is truly a brother in my life, and I thank God for him. I thank God for his wife, uh, Pastor Lori. Amen. People say, behind every good man is a good woman. I believe a good woman walk beside her man because she is the one that's really looking out for her. Because sometimes our hearts get too tender. We just love everybody. Our wives be like, uh-uh. Yeah. They have a certain level of discernment that we sometimes, our, just, our hearts just, you know, we just love everybody. I thank God for this opportunity to stand with you today. Give the praise team and worship team a great hand. Amen. <laughs> then they bless us today. Amen. I won't be before you long, but I just want to share a couple of things from my heart and I believe it will bless you, and we'll bless Pastor as he continues his work here at Lot Road. Amen. Two, two, I think Pastor Brother Jimmy said two years as of August, so that's amazing. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good start. Amen. You almost on the walk now. <laughs> Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me if you will. I'm so excited to have my wife with us today and two of our five sons. Amen. Uh, Brother Samuel and Joshua. Amen. We got five of them jokers. <laughs> Amen. First Thessalonians um, chapter 5. I'm, I'm going to share just a few words from scriptures. Um, I believe that one of the greatest responsibilities that anyone could have in the earth, uh, one of the greatest, is that of a pastor. Um, it's not many uh, responsibilities of many roles in the world um, that you are accountable to God for how you handle God's people and lead his church. Um, the scripture tells us that um, the, the pastor is to watch before your soul. No other position in, in the world, not even the presidency, can give an account to God concerning the people um, he's called you to lead. And uh, because I, I know your pastor, I know what's hard. He is a great man of God. And I'm probably going to make him a little uncomfortable at first because he doesn't like being talked about. But the Bible has a lot to say about pastors and how to honor them and love them. And for a moment, I just want to encourage you, Lotta Road, and what you're doing, even today, um, setting aside a time to honor him for his labor in this local church. And what he's called to do here in this community. If you don't mind, turn with me to say First Thessalonians, um, chapter five, and we're going to read two verses from this from this stanza from this this verses. And uh, I'm going to read the New King James, well the King James version first, and then I'm going to shift to the New Living Translation. All right, First Thessalonians chapter five, beginning at verse number twelve. I beseech you, brethren, to know them who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sakes and be at peace among yourselves. Looking at the New Living Translation, uh, same verses from New Living Translation, it reads, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard 
among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peaceably among, with each other. Amen. For a thought, I want to just use an honorable leader. An honorable leader. When you have an honorable leader, when you have someone, and the thing about honor is um, we can oftentimes talk about honor, and this word honor uh, kind of translates to respect, but we think about honor and what honor looks like. I, I oftentimes say you really, it, it's hard to teach honor, but you can see honor when it's given. You follow me? Um, because you can do what's told of you and what's asked of you, but when you really honor and give reverence to, to uh, uh, the said man of God, that God has placed here, because the Bible talks, he says, he says the Bible says in Jeremiah 3.15, that I will give you pastors, shepherds after my own heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And what I oftentimes relate that to is that God knows what piece of his heart he wants to give to the local church. And he does that in the form of a pastor. Are you following me? And I, and, I, and, I, and I thank God that when you have an honorable leader, that the honorable thing to do is to honor and respect them. Amen. Don't get quiet on me. Amen. Amen. Because the best thing, because you, you are blessed when you are being a blessing to the person God has assigned to, to lead his people. Oftentimes, we see that, that within, within the local church, that it's difficult sometimes to work together with other people who we've been called to labor alongside. <laughs> Amen. I know it's, just, it's not just at my church. Sometimes it's the people that don't get along together. But the, and the, challenge, the, the encouraging part to it is when we all work together, we are being a great support and blessing to the visionary. Because the Bible says that the vision is to be written so that they that read it can run with it. And if we see the local pastor as the visionary, then we are all just called to run with what God has put in his heart. Amen. Amen. It's challenging to understand that sometimes because many times we have, we have the idea that this is, this is my church. And we make it personal, but you're just a part of God's church. Amen, somebody. This is the Lord's church. Amen. This is the Lord's church. So the bigger question that we should all be asking ourselves when it comes to the Lord's church is not what I want, but what would the Lord have us to do? Amen, somebody. What is God's desire for this local community, what is God's desire? What does God want to do in the earth that he wants to use Lot Road to do? It? The church is God's vehicle to establish his kingdom. And if this is what God is going to use to establish his kingdom in this community, then he's going to put in the heart of the pastor what he wants done. And then Lot Road gets together and sees the vision through. Amen. It is true that we all have an idea of what, what is best. And I would dare to say we all have the best interest at heart. Amen. If you were to ask, poll the house, Pastor Jerry, I guarantee everybody have an idea on how certain things should be done and, and who should be doing what. And that's okay to, to have those ideas. But, but the, the true vision for the house, God would give to the leader. Because it is in his heart 
that God has put what he desires to do in this local assembly. Amen. I, I, I have coined the thought um, at St. Joseph that the church is, should be, the church is to, to heaven as the embassy is to other countries. When we think about other countries, when you, when you travel abroad, and, and no matter where you go abroad, if there is a U.S. embassy in that country, if anything happens, once you get to the grounds of the embassy, it's as if you were in the United States. Do you understand that? When you travel abroad and you go to a foreign country and, and something happens and you need to get to the embassy because you need to get back home, whatever the case may be, once you make it to the soil of the embassy, it's as if you were in the United States. And the same thing should be in the local church, that the local church should be an embassy of the kingdom of God. And when the people come to the local church, they should be able to experience the kingdom of God here at Lot Road. Amen, somebody. And the question then becomes because the kingdom, the, the, the kingdom of God is not confined to just, just, just one simple dimension. But what does that look like for Lot Road? What does that look like for this community? Because what this community needs down the bay where our pastor that may not need. And when, when God begins to to, 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 to put together what he wants to establish in this local church is I heard something the other day I heard something the other day that, that blessed my soul if you follow me on Facebook you may have seen it uh, this, this lady she said, she said that she said we the church exist for those who do not yet know Jesus Christ but we oftentimes get caught up serving each other and not and forsaking the, the community where we've been called to really minister and if we understand the, the real concept of what, the God, what God wants to do in the local church, then we should be excited to run with the vision he's put in the heart of the pastor. Amen. Because you're going you're gonna to see blessings in your own life as you submit to the authority and the order God has already established in the local church. Amen. Amen. When we, when we think about it, it says, appreciate those who diligently work among you. This amplified version. Recognize, acknowledge, and respect your leaders who are in charge over you in the Lord and who give you instructions. And we ask that you appreciate them and hold them in the highest esteem and love because of their work. Here's the thing about the highest esteem. Many times we, we make the fatal mistake of thinking that a pastor is just like you. But when we hold them to a high esteem and a high respect, we, 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 we take on the idea, and, and it's not, and, and, and you got to be real careful when I, when I hear, hear my heart and what I'm saying. Um, um, yes, he's human, and, and yes, he, he, he has feelings, but, but we, as, 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 as people, because I have my own pastor I have to submit to, we have to see them as God's voice and mouthpiece for the local church. And when we come against God's voice for the church, it's as if we're coming against God. Amen. Do you remember in the Bible in Numbers when Miriam and Aaron got in a little, a little conversation about Moses? Well, who is he? He a man of this woman, and, and does the Lord only speak to him? And, and the Lord had to come to Jesus meeting with them. So y'all come here. With others I speak to in dreams and visions, but with Moses I speak to face to face. 
And, and Miriam left that conversation with leprosy. Because they were talking about that point of leader. They were questioning what God was doing. Does God only speak to him? We, there should be a level of esteem and reverence for the set man of God to where I don't want to put my mouth on him. But when I don't understand it, I'm going to pray for him. Ooh, help me somebody. Help me somebody. Because the presence of the rights availeth much. And when you, this is what what I've learned about prayer. When you're praying about something, you want to see it successful. And you want to see your prayers answered. Amen. Whether it's your children, your marriage, your wife, your job, the next career for you, whatever 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 you submit to prayer, you want to see it successful and you want to see God move in your prayers. And sometimes we, 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 that means I have to withdraw my will and submit to the will of God concerning his people. Amen. I want to look at uh, Exodus because it's important that we know that we, we are all in this together. We're all in this together. And, and, and you're, just, you're just as important to what God Every person here, whether you are a, a parking lot attendant, whether you are children's ministry, whatever your, whatever your role is here, you are important. Look at your name and say, you're important. Look at your name and say, tell them you're important. Tell them. Say, God needs you. Amen. Look at Exodus. Exodus 17. Familiar story. You, you've, you've read this before. I'm, I'm, I'm more than sure you've read this before. Uh, Exodus 17, uh, beginning at verse number 8. Exodus 17, beginning at verse number 8. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men to and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Aaron went up to the top of the hill. And so it was. When Moses held up his hands, he held up his hands. When Moses held up his hands, that Israel prevailed. And when he let them his hand, when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. You see it. As long as Moses held his hands up, Israel prevailed. When they came down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. Say they became heavy. They became heavy. You ever, you ever just stood holding your arms up with nothing in them? And it, it feels like you're always a ton after a certain length of time. He said, so they took a stone and put under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Ur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Well, what, how does that fit into us today? Because pastor needs people that can hold his hands up. When the instruction was given for Joshua to go out and fight, he said, you go fight. And I'm going to stand back and hold up my arms. Here's the things you got to see from that. Many times, and you, you saw the video, and I love Brother Jimmy, he said, our pastor's not afraid of work. <laughs> but he, he, he gave the instruction for y'all go fight. 
and I'm going to go back on the top of the hill and I'm put my rod of God, the rod of God up. Here's the thing. We need people. You, say, well, I, you don't have to physically hold his arms up. But every now and then when you feel he's getting weary, you can pray strength. How, well, how do you hold up the arms of a leader? You cover them in prayer. You hold them up. See, there should be people executing and running with the vision, but then there should be those that are left there. And that's why it's important that you know you're wrong because you may not be able to go and fight. See, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality. So the battle that we're in now is not one of physical battle and physical strength, but it's one of spiritual warfare. And there have to be some times where you, you may not be able to go out and serve, but you can sit back and pray. You can sit back and intercede. You can sit back and let God reveal things to you that you need to pray for concerning your leader. You don't have to tell them what you're praying about. Just intercede before the Lord until you see God move. Amen, somebody. Every now and then it gets weary. But I tell you that when it gets weary, you can feel the prayers of... You ever been in a place in your life... And you don't understand where the strength came from, but you felt it come upon you. You, you can't explain it, but you felt a second wind come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's important that their intercessors that be a sign just to pray for they can, they can be that spiritual uh, air and earth just to, just to hold, just to, when, he, when you feel him getting weary. Amen. Because it's a blessing. Because when, here we go, when Moses wins, everybody wins. Amen. I'm married to my wife. We've been married this year, make 13 years coming in, in in April, be 13 years, and I can remember early in our years, you know, we, you know, we was newlyweds, and sometimes oldlyweds, and still would have intense fellowship. Yeah, intense fellowship. That's when you know you don't agree, but you gotta live together anyway. <laughs> intense fellowships, and, and 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 what we have to constantly remind ourselves is that we're on the same team. Amen, because sometimes the fellowship can become so intense that, that you forget that y'all live in the same house. You forget that, that we, if, if, if her life did cut off, mine off too. That, that, that if, if she's having challenges, I'm having challenges too. Tell your neighbor, say, we in this thing together. Y'all can't hear it. Tell your neighbor, say, we in this thing together. The benefits... The benefits of obedience and honoring the set man of God is God blesses your home even the more. I tell St. Joseph this all the time, and I, and I know it to be true, that whatever God wants to do in this house, he's going to begin in your house. Whatever God wants to do in Lot Road, it's going to begin in your house. Why? Because this building has no power. This building has, has nothing. As we were singing the song in Pastor Jerry, I just love, I, that's my brother for real, because when he, was, he came up to minister at the 
what the Lord was ministering to me was, you know, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place and feel the atmosphere. See, the Holy Spirit is not filling buildings anymore. That was an Old Testament thing. When he, the Holy Spirit filled the glory of the house, it filled buildings. The temple he seeks to fill now is this temple. So we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place <laughs> and fill the atmosphere. See, when we, when we think about that and we, and we think about what God wants to do in, 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 in Lot Row, it's going to begin in, at your house. God's going to begin to do some things in your temple at home. And when you come here, it's going to be extended expression of the work he began at your address. Amen, somebody. Whatever God does here and establishes here, when pastor gets up to preach, because I know him, when he gets up here on Sunday morning, it's just an extension of the conversation he's been having with God all week long. Amen. You, he just, he's just bringing you into the conversation. Amen. And the same thing happens at your local homes. Whatever God wants to do here, he's going to begin at your house perfecting you in certain ways so that when pastor calls for it, you say, you know what, God been dealing with me at home about this matter, and I'm, I'm, the, one that, I'm, I'm the one that's called to do it. Amen. Amen. But that happens, that happens when we are in line with the vision and we have a heart to serve and see God do amazing things in the house. Amen. Amen. Serving, serving God. Look, serving God, people oftentimes say this is an expression that we use, maybe it's in, in a black church, but he said serving God pays off after a while. But I dare say serving God pays off right now. Amen. And we can serve God in so many different ways outside, listen, outside of just coming to church on Sunday mornings. Because what God desires to do and how God desires to do it here at Lot Road, listen, you have to have a heart to do what God's called you to do in the season he's planning you to do it in. Amen. As we shift to... to that the, the work God called us to do and the work God called you to do, whatever the vision is for the house, God's already appointed somebody to fill the seat. Amen. Amen. And we have to love our local church so much that we pray that every need is met with heaven's best, that she knows no lack. That, and if that's our prayer, Whenever God, wherever there is vision, God will provide provision. Amen. In any area of your life where God has given vision, he'll provide provision. And we have to trust God to meet the needs that he's called, that he is calling for. And then we, in return, have to have a heart that's completely surrendered and, listen, and free of our will. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I have found myself in times in my life when I had to say, God, remove my desire and give me yours. 
Because we could be praying about a situation and in the back of our minds, we know how we want it to end. We know how we want it to go. But we have to ask God to free me of my will and give me yours. You should ne- that should never, when you walk with the Lord, you should be challenged in your walk. Amen. And, and what I mean by challenge is you should be challenged to live better. Challenge to serve better. It should be something that you read in the word that makes you rethink how you've been doing something in your life. Because you know what? I, I've been doing it based on how I thought God wanted it done. But, but now I see how God really wants it done. Amen. We think about serving and doing the Lord's work. Because that's all, that's all your pastor's called to do. It's the Lord's work. He's called to do the Lord's work. And you have been assembled here and called here to help establish the kingdom of God in this community. As I said earlier, the church is God's vehicle to do that. The question is, where are you in the, where are you in the vehicle? Where are you? Are you even in the vehicle? Or are you just sitting on the sidelines watching it move? God has need of every hand here. He can get more done with willing hands. Amen. He can get more done with willing hands. And I just believe that the best is still yet to come for this community. Amen. I, 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 I don't know where I'm going in this direction. I, just, I guess God will to do something in this. I don't know what he's building your heart, Pastor, but this community needs that role. Amen. This community is blessed because you are here. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that this community is blessed because you are here? And as, the, and as God uses this local church to establish his kingdom so that others can see that God is real, that they can experience the power of God like never before. Amen. They, people want to experience an encounter with God because an, I thank you, an encounter with God will change everything. An encounter with God will change your perspective. Uh, An encounter with God will change your outlook. An encounter with God will change how others see things. Amen. Even when we look at, when we look at, when when, when Joshua went to battle, Moses, he wasn't working, it appeared that he was not working as hard. And many times, we, ha- we can't get caught up on what someone else is doing. Just do your part. Brother Jimmy read about the, the, the four men that brought, they brought their paralytic friend to Jesus. The, here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that you got to understand. It was the faith of the four friends that Jesus saw. They brought a paralytic man, but Jesus saw the man's faith, and the man got healed. Amen, somebody. Do you have faith enough to, listen, just to walk in obedience to what God has said and God has spoken in your life? Because obedience is always tied to God's blessings. When you obey God, a blessing is the byproduct of it. 
Obeying God is, listen, obeying God is not the hard thing to do. It's the easiest thing to do because when you obey God, he will reward you openly. Amen, somebody. An honorable leader like you have here, you should be excited about what God is doing. You should be excited in what God is doing. Amen. You should be excited. No one, listen, no one should cheer for your pastor better than you should cheer for your pastor. No one should be root for your pastor louder than you are rooting for your pastor. No one should be, listen, on their feet and excited about what God is doing in your church more than you are. Amen, somebody. Because one thing about my wife, ain't nobody going to treat her better than I am. Amen. Amen. Nobody. That's my good thing. Amen. And it should be the same thing with our local pastors. That nobody treats any of them better than you do. Amen. Because you love them so much. And nobody treats them better than you do. Nobody loves them more than you do. Nobody supports them more than you do. Nobody honors them more than you do. Amen, somebody. Because they are the set people God has assigned here that he's put, God has put his vision in him for you. Amen. Oh, last scripture, I want, to, I want us to look at the last scripture. Hebrews 13 and 17. Hebrews 13 and 17. I'm going to read from the Amplified once again. But you know what? I'm, I'm not sure what y'all are accustomed to reading from here, so I'm going to read from the, I'm gonna read from the uh, King James as well. We'll do King James first, and then we'll jump to the Amplified. King James, uh, verse 13, I mean, chapter, chapter 13, and, and verse number 17. It says, Obey them that have rule." They have ruled over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. The Amplified reads this way, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. For they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of your steward of stewardship to of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this will, will be of no benefit to you. <clears throat> what the Hebrew writer is saying here, he says those... He's encouraging them, your spiritual leaders. And here's the thing about submission. I, I love this about submission because one version says submit to them. Submission is one of those words, um, uh, one of those things that I cannot force. It has to happen naturally. My wife is my wife, and she can submit to my authority as a husband because she willingly puts down her will, her desires to submit to the will that I want to lead us in. And that may be challenging sometimes. Submission that is forced becomes witchcraft and control. 
if I'm forcing, if she's only submitting to me because of how I'm going to react, how I'm going to respond, how I'm going to, how I'm going to cut up, then there's a level of fear and I'm controlling her through fear and intimidation and that becomes witchcraft. But she has to willingly say, I know what I want. I know this is not going to work out. I don't know what he is doing, but I'm going to follow him wherever he leads me. She has to willingly do that. And it's the same way in the church. We have to willingly say, I'm going to submit what, what I think is best and submit to the authority and the voice that God's put in the house. Amen. And as challenging as it is for a wife to do, it's even more challenging for a saint to do who's been in the church longer than the pastor. Amen, somebody. I can see because I passed a church that's 99 years old. I can, I can say that because I know what that's like. It's more difficult to do to submit to the authority of the voice of someone, listen, who hasn't been there as long as you have. But submission is a willingness to say, I'm going to relinquish my will, my desire, and submit to the authority God has appointed here. Amen, somebody. It's, it's good, isn't it? I told you the word of God would challenge you in some ways. It's just, it'll challenge you because submission can't be forced. I can't force my wife to submit to me because that becomes controlling and I'm, I've been still fearing her and, and she's afraid of how I'm going to react, how I'm going to respond. And she don't fly off the handle. But that's, that's fear and, I, and I'm in many ways controlling her, but she chooses to submit to me and I can't, I can't tell you I've always made the right decision, but she followed right along behind me. And her prayers brought us out. <laughs> That's why you got to pray with your pastor. <laughs> because here's the thing about pastoring. First um, um, Samuel 15. First Samuel 15. I'm going to give you a lot of verses. The Lord just, we're we gonna, we just going to walk the Bible through a little bit. You remember Saul in the Bible, right? Saul, First Samuel 15. The Lord told Saul to go and take everything, kill everybody. Don't bring, don't leave nothing left. They went and they kept the good stuff. And they kept King Agag, Agag, right? They kept him in 1 Samuel 15. And, and the Bible says that, that uh, because he did not obey God and kept, well, kept back what was good. See, because partial obedience is complete disobedience. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. Because, because he, listen, because he feared the people more than he feared God. The Bible says that God rejected him from being king. As, as a leader, sometimes it is the hardest thing to do is to obey God when it's not favor with the people. This is what happened to Saul. The Bible says, hey, because you feared the people more than you feared God, God will reject you from being king. It's challenging to make a God decision when it's not favor with everybody that you're leading. I'm in the Bible. I hope you keep yours open. Is it is in there? That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why. Right here, the Hebrew writer says, "He says, let them do this with joy, because it's hard enough leading and following God 
when you when you when you when you kind of try when you, you you know we're not in the people pleasing business, but of course you want everybody to be happy when they're following you. Amen. Why, why submission is, is so important? And when it's hard to submit, you got to pray to God and say, God help me with this. God, God help me. Help me, listen, help me, God, to follow your will. Help me, God, to submit to your will. God, help me to crucify my flesh daily. Says, recognize the authority over you, for they are, listen, are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who give an account of their stewardship of you and who they give an account to. I told you earlier when I began that one of the greatest responsibilities I think the earth is in the earth is that of a pastor because they're keeping watch over your spiritual welfare to give an account to God concerning you. So that's why when pastor sometimes says no, when you really want a yes, he's saying no because he can see further down the road and no, that's not going in too well. Or he's saying no because he knows that you 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 excited about it. You can have a lot of zeal, but you're not really spiritually mature enough to handle these folks you want to. Because church folks will let you know how spiritually mature you really are. <laughs> Listen, you know Paul writes to the churches. He's writing letters to the churches. He, he ain't writing the world to folks. These letters, the church folks, on how to love, how to live, how to treat each other. He's, listen, church folks will teach you how, how mature you are spiritually. And that's why the, uh, the writer in Hebrews says, listen, they give an account for you and, and let them do this with joy. Let them do it with joy. So that they can, they, can, they can love what they do. God's plan, God's plan for you is to prosper you and get you to an expected end. Amen. That's his plan for you. He, he wants to get you to an expected end. And the challenge you have to do is sometimes surrender your will for his will. We, we, you heard the expression, Jesus take the wheel. But it's, it's, it's hard when you really want him to take the wheel because you can't control what road you go down. I say all the time, we ask God to move and do things, but then we can't question how he does it. Ooh. God do this, God do that, but then doing this and that may mean it challenges you even more. That, that more of you have to die so that more of God can come alive. And that's important that we realize that in order for God's will to be completely fulfilled in our life, in my life, that more of me has to die daily so that more of God can come alive in me. Amen. This flesh has to be crucified daily. So that more of God can come alive and God's will can be done in the earth. And the challenging part is I like my way. I like my way. The Bible says a man's way is right in his own eyes. 
I told you we're going to read the Bible. We're going to read the Bible today. A man went out his own eyes. Sometimes you got to close your eyes and say, God, give me your eyes. God, let me see through the lens of Christ. So that so what, whatever you desire, what I desire, what you want is what I want. For the steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. God, order my steps. God, take away my desire and give me your desire. God, God, use my hands for your will and for your glory. That what you want is what I want. It will be take on that mindset of uh, just, God, whatever you want, God, is what I want. God, whatever you're doing, God, what I'm going to do, then it makes it easy to submit to God. Amen, somebody. The reason why my wife can submit to me is because before we got married, she was able to submit to a God she could not see. Amen, somebody. Woo! That's good right there. If you can submit to a God you cannot see, but you know his voice and you know he impressed upon your heart. So you got to have your relationship with Jesus got to be solid so that when God begins to speak to you, because listen, no one, hits, no one knows conviction quicker than you do. When you have the Holy Ghost and you've been walking with the Lord and you know his voice, when you are out of line, the Holy Ghost will convict you. And if you're real hard-headed and you keep on going, he will cause you to fall on your face. To get your attention. Amen, somebody. That's why we got to have a relationship with Jesus. Because it's parts of me that I can't control. But through the work of the Holy Spirit, I can submit to his voice even when I don't want to. Amen, somebody. When, when, when the parts of me I can't control get in the way, then I can submit to the voice of God. Submit to the voice of God in our own lives helps to make it easier to submit to the dominant voice in the local church. Amen. Do you see it? Do you see it? That we have to know who Jesus is for ourselves. We have to have a, such a relationship with Jesus that it makes submitting to Him first even that much more easier. Amen. But that, was, that when we submit to God and we submit to his will and his way, it's not because I want my way, but I want God's will done in my life. Amen. How many of you want to see God's will in your life? How many of you really want to see God do some amazing things in your life? That means you got to lay down your will for his. Lay down your desire for his. It's challenging. Why is it challenging? Because you like, your, you like what you like. It's like trying to build on a diet, and every time you go to work, they got a potluck. You know, you're trying to fast, and if where you go, they got free food, free donuts, free this, free that. Let's go to lunch. I'm trying to fast. I'm... Why? Because Satan wants to tempt you. But we can't, we can't fall for temptations. But we got to choose daily. To lay down our life for his. Choose daily to lay down our will for God's will. That God can be glorified in all of our lives. That no matter what it looks like from my perspective and what my right now looks like does not compare 
to what God going to do in my future. Amen. If I can, if I can just get my flesh under control right now, get my will under control right now, because I, I know, I know right now, this is what I see. But but God says, no, just trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. I'll leave you with this. As I say, as I prepare to take my seat, we have a, an amazing pastor, amazing pastor wife, and I, there's some amazing people that I love on dearly. And they're honorable people. And you want to be the ones that, that are holding their arms up, interceding for them. When you see their arms getting heavy, you, in the spirit realm, you can pray for them. You can encourage them. And then you can encourage those around you. Because here's the thing about pastoring. Sheep beget sheep. And sometimes you got to encourage each other. Amen. You got to encourage each other and encourage each other in the Lord. That you say, you know what? I, I got to learn how to submit. I talked about the woman submitting, but me, we got to submit sometimes too. Amen. We got to submit sometimes too. You know, because we, we know our wives be right sometimes, but our pride and our big head be like, no, no. We got to submit sometimes too. And this as it is for the woman, it is for the man. It comes voluntary. Because if you got a wife that got a mouth on her, you be like, I don't want to hit her mouth, so I'm just going to do whatever she wants me to do. Just, just, just be quiet. Just not today. It is better to be on the roof of a house than to be in a house with a contentious woman. That's in the Bible again. But we have to submit willingly to our wives sometimes. Doesn't make you any less of a man. But to make sure a God-honoring man, because you know the wife that God gave, you, you love her like Christ loved the church so much that he gave his life for it. So submission is the hardest thing to do, but the most rewarding thing to do. Amen. It can't be forced. It just happens naturally. But we have to pray and ask God to give us what we need so that our flesh don't get in the way. And we can really surrender to whatever God is saying, whatever God is doing, God, I surrender to you. And I'm going to take my seat. They sung a song that says, I give myself away. I give myself away. I give myself away so that you could use me. The only way God can really use you is you really give yourself away. That he can have a, a blank canvas to create his own masterpiece of what your future looks like. To really be all that God wants you to be, you got to really give yourself away. And one hymn I love that goes along with that, one of my favorite hymns, is I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. God bless you, Light Roll. You're an amazing group of people with an amazing assignment to make an amazing impact in this community. And the best is still to come. God bless you.